Hey everybody, this is Cindy Fish. You are listening to the At His Feet podcast. I want to invite you today to set aside your whirlwind of busyness and mental to-do list to have a seat beside me at the feet of Jesus. Now let's pursue Him together. Thank you for listening. Hello again. Uh, Happy New Year. Happy 2021. Uh, This is episode 20. And um, I am back from like a two-week break. (laughs) Um, The break was so nice, you know, during Christmas and everything. I just wanted to give my brain a rest while I was resting at home with my kids. The kids and I got to have, we counted it out before the break, we got to have 14 days at home. And when we told Ezra 14 days at home, he was like so excited and he has enjoyed it so much. Um, I've said before, home is so special to us because it's not our usual. So um, we don't feel slighted to do what we do. We are so blessed and we enjoy it. And there are so many wonderful things about it. But home is really cool too, and uh, it's our resting place. And so usually we'll be home when we get days at home. It's like two or three days or something. Maybe that's like three days is awesome. You know, sometimes it's one day and that's enough time to pack and leave. But this time it was two weeks at home for me and the kids. And um, Taylor flew out two of those Sundays back to Odessa. But we still had a lot of home time, a lot of family time. And... um, I'd love to tell you that my home is spotless right now because I had so much time at home and everything's perfectly organized and ready for a new year. I had uh, good intentions, but <laughs> uh, it didn't all happen. My home is its not like, it's better than it was, so it's not too bad. But um, I do need to organize a few things and throw away some things or bring them to Goodwill, you know, all that stuff. But um, I wanted to talk to you for a moment about New Year's resolutions or um, maybe, you know how some people, they do like a word. What's your word for the year? I've never been able to choose one because it's so hard. There's so many words. How can you choose one? And uh, maybe you have, and I think it's so cool, you know, a focus word for the year. I think it's awesome. Um, Or maybe you have New Year's resolutions and things that you want to do better or achieve this coming year, which is really cool. I, when I look, I try to think, okay, what, what would my New Year's resolution be? Well, I don't ever pinpoint it to something because I always think, this is just me, I'm always like, well, I want to do a lot of things and, um... I also don't want to like pinpoint something if I like won't get it done either. That's probably dumb, but it's true. So this year though, as it's been coming, probably in the last month, I've thought, okay, uh, to me, a new year, some people are like, oh, whatever, like who cares that it's a new year? Well, to me, a new year always feels like a fresh start, like a new chapter, getting to turn the page. And while 2020 was really tough for a lot of people. You know, the biggest thing that I think 2020 was for me was growth and just getting real with God and really pursuing Him in a new way. But also, you know, with coronavirus and all that. So uh, we've talked about it. Everyone has probably till we have no other things to say about it. But to me, it hasn't 
it's been different to me, maybe because I wasn't affected by it in the same way. Um, I'm I'm sad for the people that lost people they love. I'm I'm sad for the people who you know had a really hard battle with the sickness. I'm I'm sad for all the lives that have been lost and all of that, you know. But for me, the biggest impact that it had on me, coronavirus, like the change in our in my life and our life was that when the churches closed down for us, that's that's what we do, you know, we go from church to church. And so when churches closed down, there wasn't a need for an evangelist. Not really. <laughs> you know, people are just trying to get it together. They're trying to hold their church together and they didn't need us to come because they weren't even getting to meet in their own buildings. And so I remember when it all started really closing and we got months, I think two or three months worth of cancellations in a matter of a day. We were driving home. We were leaving one revival that we did outside church at, drive-in by drive church. We were on our way home. It's like a 10-hour drive or something. And call after call of cancellation. And I was like, oh my goodness, you know, and typical me, I'm like, okay, we've got to do something about this. (laughs) What could we do? So I got on, and this is, I mean, it's kind of embarrassing, but I would love to say I just trusted God and went with it. But I got on Indeed.com. I started looking at jobs, all these things. And Taylor was like, I'm willing to get a job. I'm willing, we're willing to do these things, but why don't we trust God? Why don't we just see? And I'm like, so you're just going to sit by and let us have no money and all this stuff. Okay. That's me. That's real me. A A worrier at times, you know, and and needing to know, needing to have my hands on something, you know, and, and not liking being out of control. So he's like, no, we're just going to trust God. And if, if there comes a need, if we feel like, okay, we need to do something, then we'll do it. And so I'm like, okay. And I cried. I always cry. Every time I tell a story, I'm like, yeah. And then I cried. Well, I just cry a lot. And so I cried and I was like, okay, I'm just really worried and I'm really nervous and I'm kind of scared because if no one needs us to come, then, you know, and this is, this is all that we do. Uh, we both used to work full-time jobs and when Ezra was one year old, um, Taylor quit his job and we went full-time on the road because our schedule was so packed. It was, it was basically God pushed us into full-time ministry and so but the thing is this, is when we got home, I just wanted to share this. Um, maybe you still have worries and concerns and things going on as we walk into this next year. When we got home from that 10-hour trip where we had months of cancellation, and usually we are scheduled months and months and months in advance. Well, when we got home, I don't know the amount. I'm sure Taylor does, but we had multiple checks in the mail waiting on us. We were so overwhelmed, and of course I cried again, and I just thought, God, you knew. Like when I was panicking and worrying, you knew that you had already taken care of the need before the cancellations even came. So once again, in 2020, God taught me just to trust Him even more when it's uncertain to trust Him and to follow Him, even if it's dark or even if it has scary parts, you know. So that's what that was for us. And uh, 2020 was really a year of blessings for us and just watching God provide for our every need and and really um, bless us. And so we are so thankful for that. And um, so I don't walk out of 
2020 just like, I'm so glad it's over, you know, but I walk out having learned something, but walking in and I hope that, I hope that you learned something from 2022, whether it was a really hard year for you or whether it was, you know, normal or whatever, you know what I mean? Like whether you weren't as phased by everything that happened, I hope that you walked out of that year knowing more about yourself and knowing more about God, ready to just continue to serve Him in this next year. But as I've been thinking about walking into this next year, I've thought like, what's my goal? What what do I want to do? What do I I haven't I haven't been able to pinpoint it to a word or a resolution, but my heart is just being pulled. God is just drawing me and I guess a phrase, my phrase for 2021 is just to know Him. I just want to know God more. I, uh, I mean, I'm not distant from God, you know. I feel like I, I know Him. But I've said that phrase several times on here about um. I heard it in a message. Uh, uh, Brother Jeff Arnold preached, and he said, an unknown God cannot be trusted. And you know, we've talked about trust over and over. I even mentioned it today. But when you trust God, it just seems like everything lines out. And if you can have that trust in God, then it seems like you won't get your hands into it. You know, you won't put your hands where they don't need to be. If you know how to trust God, no matter what comes, you'll be stable. You'll be steady uh, in that scripture. You'll have peace that will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Right. So trust is such a it's. I don't even know if I'd say it's a building block or if it is the whole thing, you know? Um, for me, trust is, it's vital. And everything else in my walk with God kind of rests on it, you know? Trusting His Word is true. Trusting that when He says it, He'll do it. Trusting that He'll take care of me. Trusting that He's in control. And so, as I, as I heard that uh, quote many months ago, and it has not left me. And I feel like God is drawing me this year to just know Him more. And so my plan is, how? what does this have to do with the podcast? Well, my plan is to take you along on the journey to know Him more. And I'm going to do that. We're going to do that if you want to come along by going through different names, different titles of God, uh, what they meant, the order they appeared, all of that. Sometimes we'll talk about you know, if like, okay, one that's coming up really quick. So the second name we'll talk about is Elroi. And that is a name that Hagar used. Hagar was not a Hebrew. Hagar, um, I don't know what she was. I guess we'll talk about it. (laughs) I have it in my notes, but it's not next to me. So Hagar did serve pagan gods and she was just a, a handmaid, you know, for Sarah. She had an encounter with God though. And so We'll talk about the name that she called God afterward, which is Elroi, the God who sees, the God who sees me. And then we'll talk about some of her stories. So depending on the name, sometimes we'll dive in to the person's story, or sometimes we will just talk about the nature of God, those kind of things. I know um, way down the line, there's in uh, in the book of uh, Hosea, there's a name, a term used for God, and it's Ish, I-S-H. I will definitely look at the pronunciation of these names before we get into each episode, but 
it's, you know, we'll talk about the story of Gomer and Hosea, and then we'll talk about God as that husband. That's what that ish word means, what it means to us, those kind of things. And so I don't know how long it'll last, um, but it is my theme for me for the year. All the episodes will have a different theme and, and look a little bit different, sound a little different as far as the setup and what we talk about. But um, that's the theme. I want to know God more. And I'm sure you do too. And so I hope that you will come along with me and we'll go ahead and start. So in this study, you'll see as we go along, God reveals himself little by little. Probably because we would be entirely overwhelmed if he didn't let there be a natural progression of relationship with him. One where he opens up to us as we seek him. So the hungrier we are to know Him, the more that we see of Him. And that's my hope in this study is that as we dig in, God will just reveal Himself to us more and more. He's limitless. He's endless. There's no way that we could know all. But we can choose to seek Him and we can know more. Uh, So for us, you know, we have this whole Bible and most of us know the majority of the stories, not for word for word, you know, but summarized uh, from beginning to end. But I hope that as we go and as we dissect these different characters and these different uh, titles for God, that we'll just see Him in a new way. And that as we begin, we begin in Genesis with the very first verse in Genesis, who God was in that moment. Um, as we start there, we'll go from there. And then we'll go to the next one, El Roi, which I told you. And then the next one and the next one. And each time there's a new name mentioned in the Bible, a new way that they refer to God, we'll talk about it. And so I hope that as we go, that God just, you know, our knowledge of Him will just expand and the way we see Him will just expand. So that's my hope. And like every every name, every name of God Uh, or title, right? Those things uh, highlight one aspect of his character. And what I want to say before I start is that as I'm sharing this, I am no expert. I am not a theologian. I have no schooling, you know, I didn't go to Bible college, but I do love God and I do want to know him. And so I am doing sincere research and, and reading and uh, looking up and reading different books and all those things and um, looking at the meaning of these Hebrew words and all that stuff. So I want you to know that I might get something wrong because I'm not perfect and I don't know it all and I don't claim to. Uh, and I'm probably not qualified to even talk about some of these things that well, I guess we'll, that we'll talk about. I don't know, but Take it like anything else. You know, when I read a book, I read a book, uh, at least like self-help stuff. I take out some and I hold it close and I keep it with me. And there are some parts that I'm like, you know, I don't agree with that. And that's okay. And if I say something that you don't agree with or whatever, uh, take it to God. Or, or if I'm just blatantly wrong, you know, you know what I mean. So we'll just start with that. Just listen and I hope that you get something out of it. But if you totally don't agree or if I totally get it wrong or your pastor said something totally different, you know, (laughs) then obviously start from there. But so every name, right? I've already said it. Every name of God highlights one aspect of his character. And that's why as we get to know more and we hear more of these names, we just see more of him. And it's like he, he just unfolds before us. But there's only one God, right? We know this and we have talked about it 
a lot. But the biblical writers uh, refer to this one God with many different words, all pointing to the same God who would later be revealed as Jesus or Emmanuel, Christ with us, like right as we talked about last episode with Mary. I mean, how hard would it be to describe our great God and all that He has done and, and can do in just one word? Impossible. There's, there's not a big enough word. And so that's why different people that encountered Him came up with more and more terms, you know. But as we go through this series, you'll see that we'll see God in a new light each week and learn more about His character. But the very first one I want to talk about is Elohim. It's the very first Hebrew word in the Bible for God, all through Genesis. Actually, uh, the first 15 chapters, there is no other word used to describe our God. And next episode, uh, we'll talk about this second name, like I told you about Hagar and uh, her story, but that's when it's in verse six, uh, chapter 16 when she comes in. So Elohim, though... It's one of the most frequently used names for God in Scripture. It's the word used in Genesis 1 and 1. In the beginning, we know, in the beginning, God created the heaven and earth. But the word used there is, in the beginning, Elohim created the heavens and the earth. Actually, the word, I looked it up, uh, it says it appears about 2,750 times in the Old Testament. That is a lot. Um, this very first way that God reveals Himself to us, Elohim, or Eloha, 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 yeah. And how how cool that we get to start the year right here. Are you doing a Bible study plan? I I am, and um, if you're not, I hope that you would start. I started a couple weeks early um, in an attempt to give myself some grace. <laughs> so if I I miss a day or two or let's be real, seven, that I don't feel horrible and I don't get so down on myself. You know, some days are more hectic with my schedule than others, and I'm sure it's the same with you. And so, yeah, I read some kind of scripture most days, and I I do talk to God every day and all throughout the day, and I think on scripture and all those things, but sometimes I don't have enough moments to read myself three or four chapters every day. And so, what I've done is started early and, and hoping, okay, and I'm ahead, like even more than where I'm supposed to be. I'm several days ahead of that. Just so I, I don't know. I just want to set myself up to succeed. And, um, it's really not about, I have to read three or four chapters a day. You know, it's really not a lot anyways, but you know what I mean? Like it's about me wanting to dig in. Like I've already told you. So, uh, this year, uh, well, this year, but also in December, I, when I was off from the podcast is when I really started. Um, there's a lot of mornings where I even listened to the chapters rather than reading and it's helped me even comprehend more and also helped me multitask when I needed to. Uh, you know, maybe when my children are older, my daily time with God will just look different, but maybe it'll be a lot more organized and uninterrupted. But for now, I have a four-year-old who wakes up at 7 a.m. most mornings and a one-year-old who still wakes up in the middle of the night sometimes. Honestly, even Ezra, he's four and many nights he comes in here more than once. I don't know why. I think he's so used to being in the same room with us in hotels. And so when we're home, he does come in and he's like, 
I forgot to give you a hug and a kiss. <laughs> and it's like 3 a.m. I'm like, whatever. But, you know, so so I, I don't get a lot of sleep. And so really waking up before 7, for me right now, personally, is not an option. I would be of no use throughout the day. And uh, so and instead of, for me, I would rather I would rather spend time with God than skip it because it couldn't be picture, picture perfect. And so that's what I've chose. I've chose that maybe it's not perfect and maybe uh, some might think I have a flawed system by listening or, you know, or whatever. That's what I'm doing because it's helping me. But I want to skip to this first, first name. Elohim refers to God as the creator and judge. In the beginning, Elohim created The basic meaning behind the name Elohim is to describe one of strength or power of effect. Elohim is our infinite, all-powerful God who shows by His works that He is the creator, sustainer, and supreme judge of the world. Sometimes the word Elohim is shortened to Eloah. That's what I was trying to say earlier, and I said it three times trying to get it right. And then, so it's Eloah is the singular form, which we'll talk about that. But sometimes it's even shortened further um, to El, and and then they add a another name to it, right? So, uh, like I said, El Roi. So El is the part that means God, and then the next word in all the different ones, you know, is where they explain who that God is and what He does, right? And we'll get into a lot of those in this series. But this term, Elohim, I actually read where uh, some use this to even refer to others with mighty power. Sometimes it was used in that day for other deities, like one of these Moabite gods, uh, Shamash. There was another goddess, um, Astarte that they use to describe as Elohim, and another one, um, sometimes they would even refer to angels with this word, kings, judges, great judges, but still mighty judges. And you know, the Bible even uses this word to speak of Jesus Christ. But Elohim usually was used in the Old Testament for the one and only God of Israel. And one thing that I, I read what I talked about a little second ago, told you I'd expound on, is that Elohim is actually a plural word. Eloha, not, yeah, Eloah, uh, is singular, but Elohim was plur- plural. Not plural because of God being multiple beings. Some people would say that, but it's not true. We know that God is one. The perfect Um, I guess, rebuttal for someone saying that Elohim is a plural word because God is multiple gods. Is this Deuteronomy 6, 4, and 5? The the scripture says this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and all thine soul and all thy might. Both places where it says God The Hebrew word used for God there was Elohim. So this plural word, Elohim, isn't a contradiction here, but the fact that plural was used, it was used to mark royalty. Sometimes they call this the majestic plural or the royal plural, and it's the use of a plural word such as a pronoun of uh, we or us to refer to a single person. You know, in Genesis chapter 1, God says, 
let us make man in our image. That our right there isn't referring to anyone else, but the ancient Hebrews use this majestic plural. And there's other examples found in the Old Testament, but this practice isn't unique to just Hebrew language. The Latin language also had what the Romans called the plural of majesty. And sometimes English uses it as well. In Egyptian Arabic, even to this day, the president of Egypt is referred to as your excellencies. Plural, but he's one. So the whole reason that majestic plural is used is to indicate greatness, power, and prestige. It's normally reserved for use by nobles, kings, uh, popes, and other people of high rank when speaking in an official capacity, or even by those of lower rank when speaking um, to someone higher. So this majestic plural uh, is also found in one of God's most common names, right? Elohim in the Old Testament. But the word itself is plural, like we've talked about. And sometimes it's translated to as God's, little g, God's, plural, right? When referring to a plurality of false gods. But when it refers to the one true God, Elohim is correctly translated as God. So in some places in your Bible, when you read Little g-o-d-s, the word there used was Elohim. But when it's capital G-o-d, the word often used was Elohim too. And so just another thing that shows that our God is one and He is powerful and He reigns supreme. And you know, as we, as we go along this study, we'll add more and more to that. But the very first way that God is mentioned is as that supreme creator that mighty God. So today, and in this study, I've thought, how can I see God in this way in my world? And at the end of every one of these episodes, we'll talk about that. How how to see God as that mighty God, that, that creator, Elohim. And so I can do it by just saying this and knowing this. God, you, you made everything out of nothing, made order from chaos, uh, created from nothing, and made it beautiful and called it good. God, I want you to help me know you as the one true God who created everything and everyone, the one who has all power, the one who reigns supreme, and the one who has placed me on earth for a purpose. God, you had purpose in creating me. Help me today and in the coming days to really see that purpose and help me, God, just to magnify your name. In Jesus' name, amen. And so as I reflect in that and as we go about our week, try to look for ways, try to remind yourself God created you too. He created the heavens and the earth. I'm sure if you do a Bible plan and it's one that goes from Genesis to Revelation, you are there this week. As you read that creation story, remember that He created you too. That very same God, that great, big, powerful, mighty God created you too and has a purpose for you too. Thank you for listening. We'll dig in more next week. I'll talk to you next time.